Welcome to Esoterica the Podcast, where we discuss the obscure, offbeat, and unusual. I'm Chris Schultz. And I'm Aaron Chris And we're doing something just a little bit different today. So for season one, generally, when we reviewed an album, uh, it was either you know, a, a moldy oldie on my picks, and, and Aaron tends to go for the, the local scene. So today, uh, not only are we doing an album um, that's new to both of us, uh, we also bringing in the uh, songwriter uh, on this to discuss with us. It was a pleasure to have a part of the songwriting process join us and involve us in what made the album what it was. Yeah, hopefully a trend that we can continue. Uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink to all the people out there whose albums we talk about. <laughs> uh, but anyways, today's episode, uh, we'll be talking with garage rocker Stephen Clare about his uh, upcoming album, The Small Hours, which is actually being released this Friday. On our blog entry for this, we will uh, link to his website. So if you if you like what you hear, make sure you go on there and pick up yep. the album. Uh, you can actually download it in advance. So if you like it today, go get it. Yeah, uh, check it out. EsotericaThePodcast.com will have all the information you need. That and more. And more. So without further ado, um, let's welcome Stephen into the uh, studio. And uh, let's dig into The Small Hours. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Welcome to our show. So fortunately for you, uh, you were you were able to complete recording of your new album before everything went sideways. Yeah, it's not like we planned it. <laughs> we weren't like, oh, let's get this done. <laughs> There's going to be an apocalypse. Um, that just happens to be when we recorded. Um, yeah, and it, it worked out really well. Um, we had like we had tracked the basics in January, and I had gone back and overdubbed guitars and vocals, and we did backing vocals all in the month of February, and then we started to mix. And I'd say the last third of mixing the album was done remotely, which which ended up working out really cool. Like my engineer, can't, I can't even remember what this software was that he used where he could share the mix with me through my computer while we talked um so yeah we just kind of like slid into uh wrapping up as 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 we converged with uh the end of life as we knew it <laughs> so your, your first song is come down um uh, what was uh, some of the creative process behind writing this song well, let's see. One of the, I mean, as 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 an exercise in writing, as far as the lyrics are concerned, one of the things that's really fun about that song um, is that the verses are written in each of the three verses are written in a way or four verses, where um, the first line is one word, and the next line is that word plus another word and the next line is those two words plus another word so it keeps i keep adding a word on you know to the end of that phrase which is interesting because it reveals itself over time but also the meaning can change and that that was a really fun aspect of that kind of writing <laughs> um i like to give myself um specific rules or you know um when it comes to writing songs just uh push myself in different directions um and that's that's a rule that was given to me by another songwriter who uh teaches songwriting i also teach songwriting classes um uh which is 
super fun and super rewarding and we can talk about that too if you want um uh uh so that's how the verses are assembled um and then the other thing that you know it's that song is like like i don't know it ended up it ended up at the beginning of the album just because of its like snappy little pace you know um, <laughs> um but it also like it gives you a sense of the 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 sound of the record too i think because the whole one of the things that i set out to do and i think we did a really good job of was capturing this particular trio you know myself and daria grace the bass player and aaron latos the drummer um who they both played on the last record and after the last record most of the gigging and most of the touring that we did um was as a trio just for economy's sake um, but I also really like trios. Um, so we had just become this lean, mean fighting machine as a trio. So I really wanted to capture that um, and kind of all that I thought we were capable of <laughs> um, on a record. Um, so I kept, you know, it, the record is concise in that way, that it's, it's this trio um, playing this hodgepodge or variety of songs that I'd written, you know, in the last half of 2019. So I think that's also uh, it's 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 the strength of this song. And it's the strength of the record, you know, that it's that it's all kind of built around or, you know, presented by this trio sound. Even where you know, even where there are additional guitar tracks overdubbed, there's still this sort of like the core sound of those drums being played by that drummer and that bass being played by that bass player. And there's this like Fender Telecaster sound that I play that's pretty much throughout the record um so that's kind of like the those are the threads i guess that, that go through the whole record we, we don't we don't mix we don't mix well we don't mix well enough she she don't she don't ever so this is a really good like and, and this isn't meant to sound like in an insulting way, but a good like set it and forget it kind of thing, because I could listen to it in, intently or listen to it passively and just still enjoy it the same amount. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know there's a good message there. Stephen talked to us about it, but I, I genuinely feel like it was just a good vibe to have going on in the room at the same time. Yeah, definitely. This is a, a porch rocker. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's something like I could pop on in the car. Like, you know, this is how we talk about what a good album is could you listen to it in the truck mm-hmm. um i can pop it on the car summertime windows down and just enjoy myself i'm just like yeah we 2020 is good a flavor it does it does and it's steven claire <laughs> sorry steven <laughs> uh the second track is this thing on um social media we're talking about <laughs> we are we are <laughs> I have pretty mixed feelings about social media or just a digital life, you know, um, the digital life and, you know, our relationship to that, that stuff or dependence on that stuff. And it comes up again in like, there's always like lately there's been like a song and album, you know, that deals with that in some way. You know, I had another song, two records ago called Typing Tipsy, you know, which is about a, you know, observing somebody at a rock concert who spent the whole time at the concert just like typing on her phone, you know, and never really like looking up. And 
that's a very real phenomenon, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, so anyway, this song is this thing on is you know is about uh, you know characters that we all are familiar with and and who represent this sort of like this Jekyll and Hyde thing that comes out in certain people um, when it comes to like their the way they comport themselves on social media or the way they you know the things that they say on social media that maybe they should have slept on first, you know? Um, <laughs> um, and then that contrasted with the way they might behave or be um, when you see them on the street, you know, and uh, almost as though nothing happened or they have no awareness of it. Um, so anyway, that, I find perplexing and troubling and so I so it, it rears its head on this song. It's pretty much the focal point of the song. And that's kind of a ripping kind of, you know, post punk, pop punk kind of I don't know, thing. Um just the the style and vibe of that, you know. Bit of a Tom Petty vibe, uh, yeah. Picking up on that lyrically, at least, yeah. And well, and there was like sort of that nasally tone kind of thing going on mm-hmm. that Tom Petty always had. Rest in peace. Um, also, the beginning riff reminded me of the song "Steady as She Goes" by the Raconteurs. Raconteurs, right? Yeah. Um, it's just this like ba 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 ba, uh, really twangy kind of tone. I almost got like a Beatlesy kind of thing mm-hmm. with the chord progression going. Um, I think it kind of had this tone that just fit that genre almost yeah i don't know but uh for that reason i think it it was it's it just made it a fun jam to listen to and i can uh, totally like get the live vibe off of this like, yeah that'd totally. be a cool song to be bopping head to yeah this is a song like if there is ever a music video for it and steven wants to hear my advice on it i say this is like a ed sullivan talk show so I could be wrong, but I think there is a music video for it. Oh, is there? There might be. We'll check on that. Okay. And uh, actually, the next track, Dorothy, um, mm. opens up. There's a line, drinking with my phone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All on the same team. See, these songs go together more than I realized. <laughs> <laughs> so Dorothy. Dorothy is the song, is the song on the album that... Uh, really pleasantly surprised me in so many ways it has a vibe um and a style that i hadn't really like written in or um put across on an album before and it feels really really good it's a you know it's it's a bossa nova the rhythm of it and it and it and it tends to use some jazzier chords than is typical for me in my own songwriting so it's it has this it has a pretty great flavor in, in this atmosphere, this vibe. Um, and it's got more acoustic guitar on it probably than any other track on the record. And like when we sent the record out to people, you know, we suggested certain tracks. This wasn't a track, this was not a track we suggested, but it's a track that's really proving to have resonated with people or it is resonating with people. And, and I've also found that in performing it. 
people want to talk about that song after I, I've played it or they want to hear that song again. So that's kind of cool. Going to a show alone Have a drink with my phone Sometimes you will come along So Dorothy, we don't know who Dorothy is necessarily. I mean, other than, you know, dissecting the message of the song, specifically who this Dorothy person is. I, I've been picturing the whole time, like, The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Um, but I got a uh, Dire Straits, Sultans of Swing vibe the entire song. Interesting. I almost picked a, for a moment there, I was thinking of uh, Wicked Game, um, Chris Isaac. Hmm. But it didn't sound anything like that. I don't know. Something yeah. in the back I, of my head. And I feel, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying Steven stole anything, because he absolutely didn't. But you do get that kind of like, kind of vibe in there, that same flow of the, the mm. music, you know? Bossa Nova. Now, yeah. so I remember Bossa Nova as a setting on my Casio keyboard. Um, <laughs> I never really, really heard it in a song. Or if I did hear it in a song, I wouldn't like say, hey, that's Bossa Nova. So right. I love that he pointed that out, because uh, I now i know yeah it's it's got this like f- 1940s lounge like smoking lounge vibe mm. like i feel like if you're yeah if you lived in the 40s and you were just going to a smoking bar that's like what you'd be doing it's kind of funny that you said that because one of the things that stuck out for me in the song is the line about um her old man wanted to know how i was gonna make some dough so i've had three long-term serious relationships in my life and in none of those did the girl's father like ask me what my plan was to make money. But I know that was a thing. So yeah. that's uh that's probably more of a throwback to like the forties or fifties, maybe. Right. And uh so the uh the in next song um <laughs> is a song about chicken love. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so was there a particular uh chicken that inspired this or um um maybe maybe not um just the idea of a you gotta have a chicken song in your catalog right (laughs) um i was i mean it came the inspiration came from all over the place um and or multiple places uh namely i mean well there's just the very idea of like using chickens as your metaphor. Like I was thinking recently, well, I don't, I don't typically write like, I don't just write love songs or, you know, you know, the, the same fodder, the usual fodder for, for popular song writing, if you will. But like, really, it, that might not be so true. Cause this is kind of, this is a love song. It's just, I've, you know, I've put chickens, I've, I've cast it with chickens. <laughs> um, I, I just liked working with all the, the chicken motifs and like this idea that chickens aren't good flyers, you know, so the, this chicken who's eyeing up this other chicken, you know, when they um, decide to take off together, you know, even in the verse, you know, um, one chicken says to the other, you know, hey, do you feel that breeze? spread your wings you know and so they get lifted up to the rooftops and then they spend the rest of the song kind of running around the rooftops together you know looking down at those fools on the ground um so that's their and that that comes the inspiration for that 
scenario right there at the end of the song where they get away and they're kind of on the run together um, comes comes from a short story um, by this author Clarice Lispector um, who I like and she literally has a story about a chicken I think it's called the chicken um, who does exactly that who like I think the chicken drives everyone crazy and then the chicken runs away and it's running around on the rooftops um, and I just love that whole image that scenario and um it also feels very human you know? chickens she cons it's it's funny we gave steven a little bit of grief on that one um you know what chicken inspired this one but the metaphor works really well mm. i love this album because it's versatile mm. no it's it's got a lot of different things going on a lot of different vibes and and things you know the vibe i got for this song i'm all about vibes today because mm-hmm. these songs are they relate to each other but they don't um, you know the vibe I got for this song is Bare Necessities from um, The Jungle Book. <laughs> um, I feel like it's a total Disney movie song. Interesting. You know, because it, it, it almost seemed like a stripped down version of that song. And that's what, it made it seem nostalgic. Mm-hmm. It made it seem a lot more fun. And the solo was a lot of fun. So Bare Necessities, but about chicken love. Interesting. I was catching kind of a rockabilly vibe. Yeah, totally. Totally. It, and I generally am not a big fan of rockabilly, but this I liked. It's like yeah. it, it wasn't. Um, it's, it's like a blues, bluesy rooted kind of rockabilly. Yeah. 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 Here, yeah. Shelby suffers from advanced stages of diarrhea. So one of the things that we mentioned when we were talking to Steve was David Lynch's uh, short film on Netflix, What Did Jack Do? <laughs> oh, that was a little clip I just had to sneak in from that. Um, so if you have Netflix, um, the, the story that we were talking about was What Did Jack Do? It's uh, a 17-minute short film, uh, David Lynch. The words don't really explain it. Just check it out. Grilling a monkey, did you say? Yes, yeah, they're, they're, uh, he's questioning him about a murder. Yeah, what was that called again? What, uh, what did Jack do? What did Jack do, what I did think Jack so. Do? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, nobody knows uh, the, 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 the standout thing in that, in that song on the record for me, and it happened first when I, when I you know, presented these songs to the my my rhythm section folks um my band family and we were going through this song when we stumbled upon that thing that happens like right away like so the song starts out very kind of downplayed and simple and quiet and then two lines into the song there's this outburst you know um where it gets really ra- loud and I kind of, you know, go for the fences. Um, and and then it comes right back down again. And that was really fun. And when we first did that in rehearsal, um, all of our eyes kind of like opened up wide, like, 
Oh, that's kind of cool. That's not even the chorus. And then you get to the chorus, and the chorus is the chorus, and uh, and its dynamic level is somewhere in between. But then there are these, then that outburst, I kept calling it the outburst. The, you know, the outburst happens again midway through each verse, and that almost, that kind of becomes the hook in the song. This thing that like, it's like a jack-in-the-box, you know, just like pops out. <laughs> And uh, so it, it, it's like a dynamic hook, and uh, that's very, very fun. It's very fun to listen back to. It's very fun to perform. Um. Nobody knows when they're gonna die. You say you got bigger fish to fry. Me, I'm just an average guy. So I was trying to pinpoint a vibe this time, and I couldn't do it. Uh, I just couldn't do it. But um, the, so the only comment I, I have that I really want to mention, I mean, I enjoyed the track a lot. Um, the drum break right before it kicked into, I don't know if it was the solo or just another verse, but it was kick-ass. Hmm. The more I listen to this, it, it's quickly becoming, and it's going to be my album of the summer, I think, here. Yeah, definitely. Um, I can see that. Um, and your next track, Marie, was very interesting. So you're singing about Marie Curie. Right, right. Um, what inspired you to write about Marie Curie? I can't even remember other than I must have read something about her. Um, so then I just decided to go deeper. Um, and and also just like she's a, you know, a powerful woman, you know, um, and I decided to write it, and this is where, you know, you take some poetic license when you do this, this sort of thing. Like, I did real real research, and at the same time, took it upon myself to write the song from the point of view of her husband, you know, who's, who's also a scientist, a renowned scientist. Um, uh, and it was, it was just, uh, and it's also, it's like, it's one of two or three tracks that kind of kind of go into this um, minor kind of noirish um, kind of vibe that are on that show up in different points in the record um, and that's part of the reason why why I landed on the small hours title because as I looked at the group of songs as disparate as they are um, Increasingly, I kind of like started to think about them as like either happening in those quiet hours, you know, late at night, early in the morning, or being thought about or worked over, you know, in that time. So that kind of became the thing for me that um, all of all the songs could identify with that kind of place. Um, lots of shadows, <laughs> minor key. Um, so yeah so marie is you know and it's also marie has a ton of words um and uh you know and it it's kind of almost like a almost like a mantra or something this kind of like list of things um and oh another so another thing that happens in the outro of that song like talking about the trio and and the the sort of 
potency of the trio that I really like is is that it's very easy to kind of organically come way down and pull back and be kind of quiet and then just like explode. And because this is sort of like a, a mid-tempo kind of relentless minor moody thing. And then in the outro, it goes a little crazy horse almost. It goes a little like bombastic. Um, so like the outro in that song is one of another one of my favorite moments on the record. Um, and a lot of what I did to get that, that I think was really effective is, is I asked these guys, the other players to, when we went into the studio to track their parts, to track the bass and drums, I, I asked them to play as though I wasn't going to be doing any overdubs, like just play, like, fill up the space, play as if we're playing live. Um, and they really did that, and I think we captured a, that in these songs. Marie was a physicist, slept with numbers in her head, didn't leave much room for me in Marie's bed. When I tell her how I really feel, she says it's relative. She opens up the curtain, the sun comes pouring in. She says that light's been traveling since the dawn of man. So I love that the song's about Marie Curie, which is esoteric in itself. Right. But it's written from the perspective of her husband. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a specific thing to talk about. Mm. I remember in uh, elementary school, and I lived in Braintree for like two months, and we had this whole one-woman play about Marie Curie, and it was really creepy because she like did it in a way where it was kind of like that scene from The Shining with the two g- girls at the end of the hallway. Okay. I, I don't know how those things tie together because I was like eight, but it was really, really bizarre. Um, but this song in, in particular, just not to talk about that anymore, um, Playing With Fire, it's a local group I showed you when we were camp mastering. Their song, Lace, to the beginning of the song, gets this like transcendent kind of like vibe going yeah. on. It's this like uh, distant, um, almost outerworldly kind of thing going on. And it's like something I'd listen to if I was getting like a massage. This is Aaron's massage song. It is. It is. But uh, I love it. I think it was a fantastic track uh, and an interesting concept and done so well. And again, I'm really impressed with the way that the the songs are all like separate and the moods change within them, but there's this, they're they're blood. Exactly. They're related, you know. 100%. Um, your next song, uh, a pig in a poke. Now I, I'm gonna have to admit I've I've used this ex- expression before and I'm familiar with it. I didn't know the um, history behind it until I was reading um, the little write up on the song. Ah. Um, buying something sight unseen. So mm-hmm. um, was that is that just an expression you like, or were you find, looking for a way to work that into? Something? I was looking for another animal to write about. <laughs> <laughs> I think initially, um, and uh, that's such a that's, that's such a wacky song. Um, um, you know, I, I sing it in a falsetto, you know, much of the time, and uh, but it's super groovy. Like I've had some radio stations say, "No, that's the song I'm going to play." You know, I'm like, really. <laughs> really? <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's not a complicated, uh, 
it's not deep, you know, um, like it's, you know, it's about looking for love in someone and you thought they were this thing and it turns out they're not that thing that you thought they were. And that's essentially what a pig and a poke is. So it's this weird con contrast of like singing that kind of song with typical everyday language for that kind of song and then yelping out pig and a poke as the chorus. <laughs> This may seem odd, this may not seem odd. Spiritually, this album sort of reminds me of Houses of the Holy. Okay, all right, no, that's not odd. I see All that. right, you see yeah. where I'm going with that? I do, I do. Because this song reminded me of Demeca, mm -hmm. even though it sounded nothing like it. But So what I wrote down here was that it sounds like this is the track that would play over closing credits in an animated film. Oh, my Lord, yes. Yeah, and specifically, specifically, I think of Jack Johnson and how he did the theme song for Curious George. And I feel like I'm getting the, like his kind of music going because it's it's a little more percussive than some of the other songs. So it's it's a very percussive driven song, and I think that that's where that's coming from. Hmm. But totally, like you know, this could be like a a fun animated film, like a pig in a book, hey hey hey, you know. I could, I could totally picture that. Yeah, and take this as a compliment. Like you know, we're saying that somebody should reach out to you, Stephen, for film. You know, rights to put this in your film, yeah, in a film in their film, and a Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so the next track, I'm in it. Back into the noir feel, <laughs> and yeah, totally. It's you know um, that oscillating kind of drenched in vibrato guitar uh minor key um playing with the tried and true um method of like loud soft soft loud you know um and it's it's i'm in it was fun to sing i'm in it i'm in it um <laughs> um uh it's you know it's literally that it's like about being deep in something that you don't need to be in but you can't get yourself out of and you know it's it's got a little uh it doesn't it doesn't call attention to itself but there's a little bit of humor there right from the very beginning you know i am waiting in a phone booth you know and then the next line is just you try and find a phone booth you know like <laughs> totally get what uh steven meant when he was saying you know it was kind of fun singing that i'm in it i'm in it I'm yeah I'm definitely it. you can you can hear the power he puts into that part of the song and the, the passion behind it um i said this to you off mic heart-shaped box by nirvana S slowed down to me seemed like this song which doesn't really make any sense why i would feel that way 
and there's some other like song vibe I'm trying to get from it. And, you know, and the reason why I'm doing this too is, you know, for the listener that's only getting a 20 second clip of this song, like me being able to say it's like this or like this other band or other song, it puts into perspective. You know, if you know, Mm -hmm. you like Tom Petty, for example, you know, you'll like come down or something like that. You know, you, um, but this one's, it sounds like something I've heard before and I thoroughly enjoy it. I can't put my finger can't on what it is. It. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, and it's bothering me because it's it's such a good sound. I want to listen to more songs like that. Um, damn. Hmm. So, yeah, listen to this one. This is good. Um, you're and the next song, um, as we're sitting here talking, seems oh timely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once again, a hurricane coming. Yeah. Um, so this song is it seems like it's particularly about Florida. Yeah, well, th- th- I mean, unlike a whole lot of the songs, or some of the, you know, many of these are kind of like fictionalized things or things that I dreamt up, you know. Um, wh- whereas Hurricane Coming is drawn very much from a real experience about living through a hurricane, but being in my 20s with a friend, you know, in our early 20s. Um, and for better or for worse, making the choice to just hang out for the hurricane, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Even though everybody else is evacuated, you know, let's just hang out here and see what happens. Um, so it's a little bit like, it's kind of a tale of the danger and what was seen, and but also kind of choosing to relish it and in the way that you can when you're 23, you know. So this was Hurricane Andrew in 92, which made a mess out of Florida. And then we I was in New Orleans, house-sitting with a friend for the summer, <laughs> um, being total, you know, hobos. And, uh, and that hurricane was, like, heading right toward New Orleans, you know, across the Gulf. And, like, we went out. We went out and, like, we were paying attention to nothing. And, like, we went out and uh, walked around the French Quarter, and like there was nobody around, and all of the windows were boarded up. And we went to the grocery store, and there was nothing in the grocery store but like prayer candles and jug wine. So that's what we got. (laughs) And we went back to our apartment and like hunkered down, brought in all the plants and all the wildlife (laughs) from the balcony into the apartment and like drank that jug of wine and at some point during the night, the hurricane made land like 50 miles, I don't know how many miles west of New Orleans. And uh, we were saved. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was probably not the brightest move. But yeah, we got, I got a song out of it. Hurricane coming, let's take to the streets. To see what's the deal Windows are boarded up and Absolutely my favorite track on the album. Just like, I can't even remember what track it was now, but uh, one of the first ones we listened to. Total, even if it's just a set it or forget it, like it, it's just nice to listen to. Like I felt really good inside. Yeah. Um, I was singing along. Bob Dylan. Did you hear a Bob Dylan in there? Okay, yeah, sure. 
You didn't, but I did. Um, <laughs> I, I heard a little Bob Dylan influence, maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. I heard um, some Stephen Clare in there. <laughs> Shut up. Um, no, yeah. Uh, loved it. Thought it was good. I have a burp coming. I'm sorry. Uh, the next track, Fate. Um, so there's like a trilogy of noir, noir songs on here. There is. That wasn't even intentional until I looked back, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's nice that so you get there's three of them and there's a punctuation in between them which it gives a nice flow. Yeah. Yeah, this one is super like ethereal and um, so fate, the idea of fate becomes personified. You know, the fate becomes a character. I don't know. It's like fate. What are you doing to me? You know. Um, So again, I got a vibe like laced from playing with fire, which we talked about earlier with um, the other song that we listened to. I can't remember which one it was now, mm. um, but it was just this like you know kind of loose, horrible analogy. But I'm going to use it anyway. Think about when you're making meatballs. You don't want it to be too dense. You want it to be like a nice loose ground beef. Okay. And I feel like all the parts of that song are the ground beef just separated together and it made it the perfect mix of meat for your ball. <laughs> no, a great song. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the vibe. Again, I, I love what I love about this album is to set it and forget it or listen to it. You're going to enjoy it no matter what. Mm. Um, no matter what kind of music listener you are, there's there's something in here for you. So. And every now and then, it just reaches out and grabs you. Yeah. As strange as a metaphor as the meatball is, I, I get it. Like that, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we're just hungry. So the uh, the closing track on your album, "Cheap Date," yeah. kind of speaks for itself, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think we've all been there at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, this is t- t- told told from the perspective like the guy who uh, or the person who. Uh, is trying to sell themselves as like, I'm a lot of fun and, you know, we can have a good time for nothing, you know. Uh, so let's let's go to a, an art opening and drink wine and eat grapes. And <laughs> and, it's, and it's super goofy. I mean, it's a really, really playful, raucous, um, rocking track. There, There's a goofy video that will go with that too. Perfect closer to the album. It's just a fun song. Mm. You know, it, it makes me think of uh, My Chemical Romance, their last song, no, their last album, Danger Days, um, The True Toys, True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys, or whatever it's called. Um, the, it's a concept album about 2019, and, the, and there's some, like, you know, thing taking over the world. I, I know, you, you just know the whole thing. Point blank being, um, point in case, my point being, 
is that they go through this whole album having a theme, and the last song um, is called Vampire Money, and it's basically this whole song because they asked they were asked to write a theme song for Twilight, the um, the you know the movie, yeah. and um, they were like, no, because you just want money and you want money from us doing it, so no, so the whole thing's Vampire Money. That's the whole thing. It's just a fun song, them having fun, but it doesn't fit in the confines necessarily of what the rest of the album is Mm -hmm. this similarly speaking it's a just a fun song that stylistically speaking might not fit into the confines of what the rest of the album does but it works like we talked about before in blood with everything else yeah well steven thank you very very much for uh, taking the time to talk to us today thank you it's been a pleasure mind everybody out more of your show i'll check out more of your podcasts awesome thank you It's been fun doing this so far. And um, we'll remind people to check out your new album, The Small Hours, coming out the 18th. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, some point down the road, we'll we'll catch you out on the road. Yeah. yeah. All right. All Thanks right. so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So now that we've sat through this album again and listened mm-hmm. to the uh, whole thing in its entirety, I totally appreciate the, the title of the album, The Small Hours. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I get that feel from this. I feel like I could stay up all night listening to this album and enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. in the small hours of the morning, driving around aimlessly. Not that I do that a lot, Mom, but um, <laughs> but no, it would be like a fun fun thing to do. You're just hanging out with friends, like even just listening to this album, having a good time. Like there's so many vibes. There's something in there for everybody, I think, one way yeah, or another. Absolutely. You know, no matter what kind of music you like, or, um, you, you'll find something that you enjoy in this album because Steven did a great job of diversifying what kinds of things you hear. Mm-hmm. So this was an exciting episode for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, it was really cool to have Steven come in and talk with us. Absolutely. Uh, it's good. You know, I, I enjoy discussing with you our thoughts on, on a song, but it's great to get the actual artist in to talk about their material. Exactly. Um, to date, when we've done an episode, we're talking about an album that one of us is familiar with and enjoys. This is a new album that hasn't even come out yet, and yeah. we got the opportunity to hear it, which was cool, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. discuss and it. We had the opportunity to share it with you guys. So, um, Stephen Clare's album, The Small Hours, comes out this Friday. Yeah, you can um, pick it up on stephenclare.com. Go right to his website. We've linked it in our blog. Uh, he's also on Bandcamp, um, but if you can type in Stephen Clare, uh, you can find him. Yeah, and I'll encourage you, you know, even if you can stream it, to please buy his album. I mean, we want to support music as much as we can and local music or our up-and-coming artists and stuff. And uh, the best way to do that is to actually buy things instead of streaming them. So um, yeah. just because you can doesn't mean you should. So give Stephen a shout if you, uh, if you like some of these clips. Um, you know, give it a listen, buy an album, help him out. And uh, we'll we'll tell Stephen uh, get some T-shirts up there on your yeah. merch. Um, a huge thank you. Also, uh, we want to shout out to Jen De La Osa at uh, Planet at Devious Planet Media for uh, hooking us up with this awesome interview. Uh, chance to check out a new album. It's a pleasure, absolute pleasure. So stay tuned. Uh, make sure you check out Esoterica the for all of our other content and uh, whatever episodes come up next. Do we know what's in the works? Uh, next week, we are reviewing the album Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino by Arctic Monkeys. Nice. So it'll be a fun listen. Uh, be sure to tune in on Wednesday next week to listen to that. 
our Famous Folks series is on hiatus for the moment, uh, but we do have a couple of surprises coming up uh, down the road on that, so keep an eye out. Until next time, stay as a character.